0: Welcome back to both of our podcasts today. Uh, today, me and Chen yang are going to do a dual podcast today, and we're going to pretty much speak about pretty much everything you can say, I right? It's like
1: our fitness journeys, um, what we've been through ourselves, and I guess also what's going to be quite interesting, just like life, it's like online coaches and running your own business at quite a young age.
0: How old are you? 24?
1: Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, you Are you turning 25 this year, next year?
1: November, yeah.
0: Sick, sick, nice. Same How Twenty six this year. Yeah, so
1: similar.
0: It's different. Yeah, it's it's different, isn't it? <laughs> um, kind of. Like, why don't we spoke a lot prior to this as well? In terms of what we can speak for. Um, you're currently you finish marathon prep. You're going a dieting mm-hmm. phase. What's the vision you've got right now for yourself with fitness?
1: Yeah. Um. I think definitely after marathon, I felt a little bit lost because I was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, when you work towards something for so long, then after you're like, well, now what? Like, it's all over. Um, I'm going to be doing another marathon, like, at the start of next year. So it's not all over. I do want to get better at that. Um, but right now, just a small dieting phase before Bali. So I'm doing a photo shoot of Bali. And it's been probably, like, a good year since i dieted or even, like, worked on any sort of physique goals. So it was more from, like, a mental standpoint of, like, of, like I kind of miss being – discipline with food because i think you know obviously cutting does require that little bit extra discipline in there um and i just miss having that sort of challenge in terms of having a physique goal um obviously with the marathon and very much was just like eat as much as you can to make sure you're not on a deficit to make sure True. that you're recovering properly if you're going to gain some weight whatever um and then afterwards like i was like i just want to like you know like tighten up a little bit more yeah
0: how much are you three kilograms down now isn't it
1: yeah three i was 61.8 when i started now i'm 58.3
0: oh sick so right, 61.
1: sorry i was 61.8 so around that's three around sick. three yeah 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 oh, was... and like i haven't really had to do any cardio or anything yet so it's pretty good
0: easy easy you can you pretty much done now and you're saying you actually had to drop by three four kilos <laughs> two, two,
1: three. i think maybe about, I, I reckon we can do one one to two more kgs <laughs>
0: Okay, oh, yeah. get down to what you're going to going all the way. How lean you can? What's the plans?
1: 50, I reckon 56, 57, 57 kgs would be ideal. So winnily there.
0: <laughs> no, a few more grams. What's your thoughts on like scale weight goes? Because I, I think it's good to have a scale vision because you just easy to understand. Like mine right now, I'm going mm. for like a diet for myself, also for barley, but I'm going the month after mm. you. Can kind I of go into that like, 64ish, which is far lower, but it just eases because you've got to go towards towards I know it's some people obviously don't view the scale the same way but what's your mm-hmm. thoughts on that scale weight targets scale weight goals because I know you've got some I've got some but too to people think is yeah. right or wrong
1: yeah um I think like if you have a healthy relationship with your body and you know numbers and all that it's a very good way qualitative quantitatively to sort of measure track progress and to almost give yourself like a timeline because if you know okay, okay. this is my goal weight and i know ideally by then i'm at a body composition and kind of see that i'm really really like comfortable and happy with then obviously you can kind of work your way backwards to know okay like how, how much harder do i need to push right now or how much time do i have and more flexibility i guess yeah. um but i do know that i think sushi i don't know about males but i know for a lot of females like that number is really really triggering um and that can completely change how you see your body and how you feel on that day like depending on in the morning if you step on the scale and it's I don't know, gone up by it. like even like one gra- like 100 grams or 200 grams. I know for like a lot of females and a lot of my clients, they freak out. Um, and it almost like they give this like really big moral value to the number. Um, yeah. So in that case, then I think, you know, having that target sometimes is a bit triggering because if, you, if you're if you still so far from it, it almost kind of feels like you're failing. What are your thoughts? I
0: think, yeah, guys are very different. They kind of see it where if it goes below a certain number, they're like, right, I need to get it back up, I need to get it back up. And it's like, I always find as well, like with most guys that don't, some don't want to go below 80, some don't want to go below 70, even though they're chasing, you know, look. They're just kind of the place where actually they feel like there's some emotional attachment to the skill of being higher, because I feel like it's kind of like, um, okay, yeah. gives you a little bit more strength usually. So I find it's kind of, at least not with every guy, but with most guys. Yeah obviously we have the conversation all the time where it's like kind of looking at there's just like an emotional attachment where it's like oh i don't want to go below 80 because i feel too small or below 68 because i feel too small it's actually like what have you got to lose you know
1: but then it's like it shouldn't be just the weight right because it's like also body composition because like you could be Mm. just fat then and then be over that normal scale weight is that going to actually make you feel better in yourself probably not
0: you'd be surprised it's uh i've had a lot of conversations yeah you'd be uh, you'd be surprised like a lot of guys are like oh i just want to get to 19. i'm like you're five foot six <laughs> like please don't want to get to 19. yeah
1: like when you
0: have- the other ones.
1: Yeah, you'd have to put on so much body fat like mm. <laughs> wouldn't you rather be lighter but have more muscle mass and less body fat than just to be heavier with the same amount of muscle mass but more body fat
0: yeah yeah pretty much that and it's like kind of how we do with photo shoots as well and like I know you're obviously kind of, got, you've got a bit of a scale-weight target, but like usually it goes lower than you actually want it to. And then it goes back up to mm-hmm. what, whatever it wants to be. But I do have, it's kind of like a, a common a barrier from most guys when it comes to getting lean, where they're like, I feel quite small now, I'm going to let it go back up. And it's because it's like, you look yeah. worse before you look better, and you kind of go into the messy middle where you're like, yeah. don't feel fully full, not as fully lean, you can't feel in the middle, and then you kind of need to push through that. But that's generally what I tend to see. Um, yeah it's most common with guys but i reckon there's probably some females i'm not sure if you've seen that
1: i feel like no i feel like for females it's always been just so heavily ingrained that you just have to lose weight like it was always like especially when you're young it's always like the the smaller you can get the better like how can i become Mm -hmm. the smaller version of myself how can i lose weight and things are like you're always complimented by that as well like when you, I know get leaner or when you're a bit smaller, people always say, Oh wow, you're looking good. Or, Oh wow. Like you've lost weight. And it's always in this, like, it's always like positively reinforced, but no one ever really goes, Oh wow. Like, I know you look bigger or you look stronger, or you've put a lot of muscle. Like, no one really says that. It's always like, oh, wow, you look leaner. Even now, like, after my marathon, obviously, I had like this mini cut and it's only been like, what, two to three kgs. And I've had two friends who I haven't seen in like a month after my marathon. They were like, oh, wow, you look so good. And I thought that mean, like I looked tan. They're like, no, no, like, you look so much leaner. You look so good. I was like, it's just funny how that's always the compliment people get when they look smaller. Um, obviously, I'll like, say thank you. But yeah, no, like, I think for females, it's always been like that. You're always, Given compliments when you look smaller yeah. and leaner yeah. um and i guess it's good to an extent but then it c- can become quite toxic
0: mm. it's funny because um usually when guys give compliments oh you look leaner they're like oh i'm trying to build muscle and you're like oh shit, i'm sorry mm. um, <laughs> uh, i remember last week and i was like hey, you, you look a lot um you look a lot leaner than the last time he was like really I'm trying to grow muscle bro mm. I like, right. that's the opposite you should be <laughs> obviously, obviously saying because it's uh yeah, you do yeah. get most guys are like oh you look you look both you look jats and it's kind of you look bigger as opposed to the leaner you tend to get a bit of both but i feel like that's kind of it's quite interesting that you the way you said that because it's the compliments tend to be the opposite for men and women and uh, not always yeah. that's of it stands, but it's kind of what i've seen at least um most guys would compliment you because you added on size as opposed to you lost
1: like lost um, body fat
0: it's interesting.
1: i guess both of it though yeah. comes from like insecurities right like for i guess females it's like oh i don't want to be too big so i need to lose body fat and then i guess for guys it's like i don't feel big enough and i don't feel maybe like masculine enough so i need to get bigger so it's always insecurities um what like based on that like what inspires you to obviously get into the gym and get started because again like for most of us i reckon it is we felt like there was something lacking right
0: i think mama's did you go to university you did actually, yes, you to use yeah. It, right, yeah, so you know when you go to university and like you've kind of got two different tribes of people, you've got people that go out every single day for party, heads, and you've got the mm-hmm. opposite, where I'm yeah. fully focused, gym, gym goes the whole thing, and they kind of more into that developmental route, I was kind of pulled mm-hmm. between both things, and I initially started off here, going down more the party route, and I actually realised mm-hmm. confidence is low, energy is low, I was like kind of feeling like I was second best most of the time, Mm. and then that starts getting into more training and then what was quite interesting as soon as you got into training I just because I have like um you can say that I'm all or nothing approach to most things where I'm like I'm either gonna be in or I'm gonna be out and it's not like I'm gonna have one foot on the beach and one foot on the boat so it's kind of like I almost left to go to the other but as soon as you go into fitness I was like you kind of feel like you've got purpose within your day and previously I was lacking yeah. that previously I was like the only purpose I had was to go out you know be out to wherever am and uh, kind of live life, but there wasn't actually purpose. So I think what generally got me into it was because, like, I was like, what am I actually doing this for? And you know, when you have like a little breaking point where you're like in university, you're thinking, what am I actually doing? And then you go down the other route and the guy gives you purpose because you're like, I'm going to wake up, eat like this, train like this, live like this because it's getting me towards here. I think initially it was kind of giving me like a reason to actually get out of bed in the morning because some days you're like, what's the point? There's nothing to do today. So that was the initial bit. And then obviously, we aesthetics was the main driver like looking good and obviously getting attention and from there it's like a vehicle for self-development because it's yeah. we're going to speak about this as well later on because i'd be curious to obviously hear from your from. but like when you went through the marathon you obviously see a lot of benefit from a mental edge as opposed to a physical edge mm-hmm. and that's yeah. kind of what keeps me in there. so got, what got me in there was purpose obviously aesthetics looking great getting attentions cannot be a second best and then what keeps me there is like it's almost like a vehicle for personal development whereas if i do a photo shoot i'm not bothered about the outcome i'm more focused on the process and it's like more process driven yeah so but you'll get to the top of like a girl photo shoot more than you're like what's next you like you did the next day you went to a dieting phase the day after you're like yeah. <laughs> the last thing you know, that's kind climb the next thing so i think now it's um a lot more because sport process oriented because the values to my life and when i'm on top of this when i train um you can see it like when i don't you can see it so it's more like a for a personal edge so bit of yeah. that but how about you what got you so
1: yeah um i think growing up i was just always really insecure um especially in an asian household your parents are very very blunt like they just say what's on their mind and my mom always made comments about my body like All the time, um, to to the point where I still like vividly remember like going upstairs my room just crying after a comment she'd make, and then she'd question me, be like, "Why are you crying?" Like I'm literally saying this out of your own good. Um, so she'd say things like, "Oh, like your legs are like genetically like you know bigger because it just runs in the family, so don't wear shorts or don't wear jeans because it's just really obvious that you have big quads. Wear a dress like you know like hide your legs." But she obviously meant it in like a loving way to be like, "Oh, you look better when you're wearing a skirt and you're." don't look too big because in asian like culture it's like oh like the thinner you are the better um and that always played in my mind so i always felt like i was always just way too big um so then obviously that kind of got me looking on youtube instagram how to like slim my thighs i've tried (laughs) have you seen have you seen that trend going on before it was like you use glad wrap and you wrap your legs up so that it helps you like minimize your I don't know your thighs from getting too big. It was ridiculous. I even tried that. I bought like waist trainers, everything. Sorry,
0: is that like a waist trainer for your thighs?
1: Yeah, but just glad wrap, like i don't even know where i saw that i think it's like google youtube like some other people just saying like recommending it so i was like i'm just gonna wrap my legs and glad wrap and they're gonna get smaller. like just bizarre things um (laughs) so obviously that got me into the gym and then um that got me into like a really poor relationship with food as well because i was like oh if i just like stop eating i'm gonna lose body fat all this stuff um and obviously it got me nowhere and then That happened for like years, I think it was like between what, like the start of high school to first year of uni where I just had no idea what I was doing. Um, and then when I moved to London, my first gym was like literally just like two minutes away from me. um So that's when I kind of started actually being like, okay, like I really need to get on top of this. Got a lot more consistent. I was going at like two to three a.m. though, because again, like I just had no idea what I was doing. And I'm inherently quite a shy person. Like I think I've definitely grown out of my like little shell since building a business. Mm-hmm. But I used to be like really, really timid. Had really bad gym anxiety. um So yeah, I'd go at two a.m. because there was like no one there, and I just started just like you know, pricing different movements. Um. Long story short, was like over-exercising, under-eating, lost my period, lost my hair. I went through all that crap um, to finally kind of get out of it and be like, oh, okay, now I sort of understand what I need to be doing. Um, Got myself a coach and that kind of helped me actually get the results I wanted to. Um, But yeah, no, my biggest driver was just insecurity, like having literally no confidence, social anxiety, um, just hated myself as a person (laughs) and just wanted to change myself. Yeah.
0: What? How old are you when you got your first coach?
1: Um, I was. I'm 24 now. I think I was 20, 20, 20. So it was actually my bodybuilding coach. So I got my first coach, oh, and then I was like, "Let's compete." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Straight yeah. to the top. What made it's you
1: like? I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna do it right. What made you
0: reach us out?
1: Um, so it had gotten to a point where to be fair, because I had been trying since like, I was what, well, like 16, 17, I had slowly somewhat figured it out and I was like, okay, cool. Like I've got a really good routine going on. Um, you know, I've created these workouts for myself and they're feeling good, but I'm just not quite where I want to be because I like the knowledge, right? Like I just, I'm testing different things out. And I feel like, yeah, if you continue trying things for maybe like several years, Something's going to maybe stick, but it's never going to be, you know, the results that you're really, really looking for or the best results you could ever get. Um, So that's kind of when I was like, you know what, I want to take things to the next level. Um, I kind of want to actually learn more as well. So I actually know with like 100% confidence what I'm doing. Um, But at the same time, I was also like, I am being so disciplined and dedicated. Why not see what I could achieve if I had someone actually guiding me? Uh, So I think when I hired my coach, it was no longer from like pain or like, oh, like running away from a problem, but rather, hey, I'm in a good place, but I know that I could actually do so much better with the right guidance. Um, Yeah. And it was just before lockdown. So I was like, why not? Best timing.
0: (laughs) That's pretty sick. That's pretty sick. It's uh, it's quite interesting Mm because you let you say there where it's like people think you have to be in a bad place to get a coach but you were in that place where you're actually in a good mm-hmm. place you know, Like I can be in a far better place and you see quite often now where it's like let's be honest if you lift heavy weight something's going to happen at the end of the day mm-hmm. and you are going to see a change whether that's a good change or you injure yourself that's a different conversation but mm-hmm. if you do something you'll get something mm-hmm. whether that's what you actually want to get or you actually want to be somewhere else it's almost like kind of having the pieces of the jigsaw come together 'Cause you can have all the ingredients of a cake, mm-hmm. but you put it in the wrong order, it won't lead to the same thing. Even though you know exactly what to do is kinda of playing yeah. it step by step.
1: Yeah, this is literally what I say to a lot of my like clients. Um, like, you know, you could have, as you said, the cake, right? You could have all the right ingredients, but if your recipe's wrong, it's never going to bake the way you want it to. Like, yeah, you'll probably still make a cake, but it's probably not gonna taste amazing. <laughs> it's probably gonna be flat. If you have the right yeah. ingredients and the right method, then you've got a beautiful cake. And you've got it easily.
0: Spawn, spawn. for you now i think mm-hmm. you kind of went through bodybuilding and now you're obviously more performance orientated why did mm-hmm. you switch
1: yeah um so, I love bodybuilding. I think it taught me so, so much. I definitely wouldn't have the discipline I have nowadays if I hadn't gone through all of that. Okay. Um, but I think it came to a point where bodybuilding demands a lot from you. And it is quite a selfish sport yeah. in the sense that, you know, you really have to just prioritize what your workouts, your macros, your steps, all of these things. And sometimes, like spontaneous events, friends family sometimes it does not fit into that um so it worked fine when i was in london because all my friends were bodybuilders so it became very much the norm for me to be like i can only have like one meal out per week everything else has to be tracked to the t um this is just my lifestyle i live breathe the gym (laughs) Uh, but then when i went back home to auckland it was like i was spending so much time with my family my past high school friends who had no idea what the bodybuilding world was and i think that sort of just worked me out to be like oh my god crap like i am actually someone who enjoys a balanced lifestyle i do enjoy going out for meals i do enjoy having spontaneous events going for a night out and having a drink here and there if i want to without feeling like oh my god now i have to like tell my coach i've gotten off track and i have to you know it was just a lot and i realized it was not sustainable um again, I had lost my period since starting uni because of just eating over exercising, then obviously never got it back because I started competing. So I kind of just came to a point in my life where I was like, okay, I'm 23 now. I know I'm young, but I want kids in the future. I want to be healthy. I want good hormonal health and I'm not going to get there if I continue bodybuilding. Um, And then I guess because I'm someone who is goal-driven, I was like, well, what else can I focus on in my fitness journey that's going to pushed me mentally and that was okay performance like let's actually just focus on what I can do with my body doesn't mean I don't have to see goals like I still want to look good but you can still look good whilst having balance and not being so straight
0: yeah definitely I agree with that it's quite interesting actually because it's like I said an hour is a sustainability factor and and actually we actually love to get your thoughts on this because I know um we coach different people and like completely different demographic and Mine tends to be more sex-based initially and then to performance later. But like, kind of, I've always had the belief where it's that like sustainability and the balance is something you create. And it's something you earned. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you kind of have to go through periods, and you generally went through it, periods of imbalance mm-hmm. first and then leads to balance. Yeah. Because it's like, it's kind of like a stepping stone to the next. So like, let's like say, for example, now you want a balanced lifestyle. You have to kind of know what imbalance means and how to push because... Mm-hmm if you're on balanced lifestyle balanced life doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be out on social every single weekend and you know kind of going on the splurge every weekend but it also means you kind of have like the best of both worlds and you kind of go mm-hmm. you're in that biggest roi place where you've got the physique you want the lifestyle you want you kind of got both but i'd love to hear your take on this because i always believe that like balance. when it comes to balance is something you have to do where you have to go for periods of imbalance first which then leads to balance in time is much better balance what do you think of that?
1: Yeah. Um, I agree. And I think balance is going to look very different for different people. And it's also going to look different in different phases of your life and what goals you have as a priority right now. Also, you have to like you have to remember, like, if you're currently in a place where you're not happy with your body, maybe you're overweight and you're actually unhealthy, you've never had like proper balance because the only reason why you're overweight and unhealthy right now is because you are oh, probably no. leaning towards overindulgence way too much right and instant gratification so well then if you're all the way on this side right now how do you get to that side well then you're going to have to practice some imbalance but more geared towards optimizing your health really Mm -hmm. being more strict with your nutrition for a while right saying no to those things that you've always said yes to so that then you can slowly ease back to that kind of more balanced life but even then it's like you don't want 50 50 of like junk food and whole foods right like you kind of still want to actually understand that balance is not 50 50 but rather maybe like more 80 20 or 70 30 at least that's how i see things
0: yeah completely agree with that and kind of like to dive away from fitness um how's things in terms of mental performance right now
1: <laughs> what do you mean
0: it's like the mental game how's we going right now Is scale of one to ten you mm. can't say seven
1: uh how i'm doing right now mentally or mm-hmm. yeah uh, i think i would say a five <laughs> in all honesty what's a gap yeah i think um you know i was listening to this podcast and they were saying you know being an entrepreneur and own your, owning your own business is the best form of like personal development um and i couldn't agree more i think i'm someone who's still very emotionally volatile um because I care so much about my coaching, my business. And I think sometimes I care so much to a point where I dictate how I feel about myself, my own worth, I don't know, my success, all that um, by how well my business is doing and how I perceive it's doing as well. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a big people pleaser, but I do really value how someone Like what someone thinks of how I think of them or like, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like, if I feel like I haven't done a good job or if I've maybe let someone down and maybe I haven't, but that's how I'm perceiving it. That really gets me to a point where I sit there and I'm like questioning, you know, how much value I can bring someone, the quality of my services as a coach, and then it could just spirals. So I think mentally that's something I really need to work on. And it's also why I invested in like a mental health coach, because also. yeah I think you know just as much as I would invest in my physical health and my you know fitness coach why would I not do that for my mental health as yeah
0: well? I completely agree and obviously I know we've worked with Job as well and still do and it's quite powerful to mm-hmm. actually have someone yeah. that takes care of the mental game because the same way if you stop exercising you'll get out of shape and the same way if you stop you doing your food yeah. intake and taking and that you'll get out of shape So almost like you can't expect to be in shape by accident so why would you expect to have higher mental performance by accident it doesn't really yeah. happen by accident so i think it's quite powerful to yeah. actually actually mention that too where it's like you you kind of something you mentioned about the people please have you heard that thing i think it's stephen barler that said this where it's like i'm not who i think i am i'm not who you think i am i am what i think you think i am so it's almost like you your, your identity is based on what you think others think of you mm,
1: yeah it's true yeah. that is completely true yeah how are mm. you on a mental scale one to ten if you're gonna ask me <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I don't know because I've, I've never said anything above 8, I've never said anything above 7, I'd probably say like a 5 or a 6 because you know when you know not because it's in a bad place but you're like I know there's more to it that's kind of that right now, I think recently I actually had this um, thought on the way to Marbella you know when you're on the flight and you're just like put my phone away, I'm gonna stay alert kind of have some balance in my mind and you're like actually I feel like there's been like a, a lot of unmade decisions recently where it's like where do I want business to be where do I want life to be where do I want x y z it's almost like kind of starting something and then stopping off way and I kind of realized that over time compounds and it leads to a place where it just destroys any form of action so I, I think for me probably like a six because this is kind of the way up but more importantly I think there's like a lot of unmade decisions in terms of what um and now I finally make a decision because I realise when you leave like something half empty or half done, it stays at your back in your mind, it doesn't feel good. So I think probably like a six or, mm. I'll say a six, to be fair. One because it's yeah, a gap. What would you say,
1: two, what do you feel like, what do you feel like has been left undone or you just feel unsettled with?
0: Oh, um, probably, it's a hard question that. There's a lot of things that kind of come to the surface, but I probably say, like, Mm -hmm. where do I want to be in terms of the fitness space? Like, what's the, Mm -hmm. how can I be an asset in terms of the industry? And what do I actually want to help our people? Because you know how when you get in for it and get into it, you're like, the transformation came in. Now you're like, can I go through a process of like destroying and rebuilding? So you're almost like the messy middle where it's like, you can't actually, you want to destroy everything and rebuild it back up stronger kind of in that phase i'm still trying to find that right now i'd say that's probably that you made a decision recently whereas actually long time what do i actually want because i know it's going to be here but what do i try and be known for kind of bigger than just body transformations that's kind of like a conversation back in mind back and forth and i'm like how can i create that so you almost need to go for like a period of that self-discovery i think and that's kind of what you're going through to so then have it where you can obviously learn and grow with that and then yeah Yeah. That's the
1: thing it's like. Yeah. I feel that. And I think I think your whole life is going to be just a journey of self-discovery, right? Like what you think you may want now may not be what you want in five years' time or ten years time. Like the position that you're in right now is probably something you'd be like dreaming of, say like, I don't know, even five years ago, right? Or like two years ago. And then you've reached this point now, you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like What do I actually want, right? I think it's just a process of continuously kind of asking yourself that that question. I don't know, like, if you're ever going to figure that out.
0: You know, I got asked a hard question uh, a while back, and Mm. it was like, "What goals have you set but not yet achieved?" What's up here?
1: I I genuinely don't think there have been any. (laughs) Like, I set myself a goal of building a six figure business did it in a year set myself a goal to compete and top place place top three did it set myself a goal to run a marathon under sub four did it like I think that's also the problem right like when you Mm. set yourself goals and you just you always just taking them off it's almost like it becomes so almost like unfulfilling because you're like okay ticked off what's next what's next I think when you get to that point, I think a better question that you need to ask yourself and it's something I'm asking myself, is like, why do I always have to like set myself these goals and why do I never feel fulfilled completely when I do reach them? Because like, you'd think like, oh, it's amazing that you've set these goals and you've actually achieved them. But for some reason, I'm still like, something's still missing.
0: <laughs> you know, that's interesting you say that because you ever like, get a compliment and you're like, I don't believe it. Someone's like, oh, you did a much and you smashed it, and you're like, yeah, like "No, <laughs> that's that's good, though, right?" Really it's like, you're like, <laughs> the "Thing is, you don't believe it. That's why you don't take it. It's like easy to deflect it." And I think I know exactly what it is as well. Because like someone's like, "You're actually doing a lot better." Because if we compare it to people, you know, say as people that have always been around growing up, they're almost like we're doing better. But at the same time, you're like, actually, feels like there should be more to this at the same time. And because it's like you're kind of one of those people where it's you're more attach the process to the destination so you get to the end, it's like that means fuck off and then obviously you kind of go through again and you kind of go through again like sometimes I'd rather don't want to say this I'm going to touch board but I'd rather go backwards and say the same. it's better <laughs> right
1: touch wood, <laughs>
0: touch wood. <laughs> but generally that it's like any movement is better than no movement I'd say because you know I mean yeah. you just get to a place where you are like don't know what's happening that's a hard yeah. position to be in when you're like, right, this is what's happening, or when problems happen, you're like, oh, I'm going to fix it and grow back stronger from them. That's a good place to be. So um, I completely I get what you mean as well, where it's like you've actually kind of set the goals you've always wanted and then you achieved them and then you're like, I don't know what's next because now you're in like a different way of thinking, which is quite powerful, right? So it's the same way when clients get to a, the end of a fatless goal and they're like, I don't actually know what's next because there's thing I like actually get here. It's almost like, how can you think? It's wrong and short. So it's having that conversation, because I know yeah. a lot of people kind of like the only thing they know is familiar, which is where they were previously. So people would get into shape, and then the only thing they know past that is being out of shape. So they go back to what's familiar, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like you rather choose the um... familiar hell over the unfamiliar heaven, and it's like look at that.
1: Yeah, it's like, um, I think Joe's mentioned this before, but like going from point A to point B versus point B to C. So A is like obviously that place of pain. And you see in clients, right? Like it's actually so much easier to run away from pain than to act from abundance and from like pleasure to like seek further pleasure because you just end up comfortable. But then the old habits come creeping back in and you go back to that place of pain. And it's like this inner cycle being like, now I'm in pain. So I'm going to move away from it. Okay, lose my body fat. Cool. Now I'm in comfort. And I'm not really ready to seek that extra pleasure. I kind of can't be arsed putting in that work. So I'm going to slip back to old habits and then gain back the fat again.
0: <laughs> that is literally what I did for the first five years of my fitness journey. I'd get in shape, get out of shape. The really? <laughs> Quite excited. I'm going to get lean. It's like you've got like a um, it of a reward sensor. He's like a bit of a dopamine rush where he's like, I've achieved mm. something. But actually all you're doing is losing mm. the same fat, same kilograms again and again and again. And that's yo-yoing. So mm. that's glitchy. Literally- meaning I'm not showing a side whereas you'd get in shape and you're like I don't know what's next and I don't I can't see further than this because mm-hmm. it's like kind of like your eyes are COVID and then you have to go back to what's familiar and then you're like oh you've got the pain again let's go again it's got too much pleasure so much progress.
1: what made you click like what made you go oh um, okay because that cycle is very hard to break out of
0: I, I'll tell you that actually it's community being around people that are further than you and seeing it big thing for me it's like when you're around people that are in really good shape you're like actually what I thought was a limit self-inflicted limit is far more loveless to it so when I started I'm kind of like someone that loves connecting with people and I've always uh, held on to that and that's what we met actually to be fair through social media and it's quite interesting because when you see people that are doing you can say far better and also they're in a different place than you are it does inspire you and you've got a community where it's like that community just has a culture of winning that was what it was for me mm-hmm. so when I was in pure gym and I was working as a personal trainer five years ago um everyone was in like mediocre shape so that was that was a culture that was standard that was the norm and I was like that's this is what I know and then when you get to a different environment you're like, actually this higher performance there you're like mm-hmm. that's the standard I'm going to up to now so it's that was it but I generally remember the only reason I would go to the gym years ago was because I wasn't where I wanted to be I was, mm. I was overweight, skinny fat, the whole thing. Yeah. So like that was the driver then, the only reason I'd push hard was because, oh, I can lose body fat, I can look lean. Now it's actually, I can stay where I'm at right now, but I'm not gonna, because I'm more progressive and I want to strive for more, but actually it's a different drivers. So I think the community and the culture and seeing that was probably that thing, like conversations, being with people, like kind of lifted to high standards, obviously you lift yourself up with them. And that was like the breaking point. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Have you
1: ever struggled with food? Because I know that, you know, for many people who do have that kind of weight loss and weight gain, schedule, <laughs> it's always to do with how you respond with food, emotional eating, stress eating, right? That's the hardest part. Or else you wouldn't see yourself gain weight and lose weight, right? If you have a really good relationship with food. How's that been for you?
0: Do you know, it's actually funny you said it before when you hired your first coach and you're mm. like, I'm going to go compete. Do you know Marty Fazaro? Mm. Who? Marty Fazaro. No. He's, do you know that like Christian Guzman athlete tribe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was, a, he's one of the athlete, um athletes I think he was, he was the first one actually. Uh, he was my first coach when I was 19. I was in um, second, first year university. And yeah. I literally said to him, I'm going to compete. <laughs> I don't know why, I thought I had a lot more muscle than <laughs> I did. And I got super lean yeah. and it was skinny. still had a lot more body fat to lose. I think we went from 78 down to 62 kilograms. 16 weeks oh so 16 God. kilograms, in like 16 weeks I think it was and then towards the end what would happen is um but I, was, I committed to like 20 weeks and then at that time I wasn't well educated what happened after the dieting phase so I was like he's like right we're gonna go into reverse diet I was like no I'm just gonna keep on doing this I quite enjoy it and I was very <laughs> stubborn I was like oh just you know keep doing this, this is a part of my lifestyle and I'm gonna keep dieting forever to stay lean I think in that first month when I stopped working and guess how many guess how much I gained
1: how, how much you gained in 30 days in the first month five kgs
0: 10 kilograms
1: <laughs> Ten.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, I was like, it was crazy it was like you'd you know when you're so food focused i remember i'd go out for a meal and i'd feel guilty because i had something i wouldn't have for the last 20 weeks mm. and then the way that whilst i was there i was like because i've had this and i to get like, the dessert on the way back home, I test and get some more dessert, have that, have dinner in the evening. And I'm like, oh, let's start again tomorrow. It was a cycle. So it was literally 10 kilograms in like 10 weeks. Sorry, in four Gosh. weeks. Mad. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, I need to coach again. going <laughs> back to what I yeah. said this familiar routine and then obviously get to a coach again then get back and forth i think i went through like four or five six cycles of that gaining losing gaining, losing mm-hmm. now i'm like you kind of i think what's interesting is people think that getting lean leads to those problems of binge eating getting the weight back but it's not necessarily the outcome it's the process of getting there because once you do it right you can achieve results that stay for a lifetime if you go through the right processes and once you do that you get to the holy grail where you're like, actually this is you've got like a different lens so, mm-hmm. I think back then when I went through getting the weight back every time I lost it, was not necessarily because of the result, it was more because mm-hmm. I wasn't well educated at any lifestyle. I kind of didn't have the right systems and processes in place, which is why I led to kind of back to yeah. that. But you could say I didn't necessarily, I kind of went through cycles of binging, eating, binging dieting, binging yeah. dieting. Um, <laughs> but that was kind of yeah, the struggle. It's interesting though, isn't it? Looking back, 19, 19 years old, having like all oh, this is yeah. uh, ice cream was like the Holy Grail. Dust. i don't have any yeah. mouth it reminds you of back then so they no,
1: really that's yeah. crazy yeah no i definitely resonate with that um i think especially when you've gone through a really really restrictive or long dieting phase um mm. it's really a mental shift right because you suddenly see food as this like thing that's not always going to be available right this like you have such a restricted mindset so after my first show i remember like that was such a bad rebound as well because i fully just forgot how to control myself around food like i was not in tune with my hunger signals i was just craving everything as you said like food focus was so high i remember sitting this was like when i still my corporate job like sitting on team calls thinking just about food i was like okay like i have five minutes left of this call which means i can go eat but when am i going to eat because i only have x amount of macros left like oh my gosh it was so stressful um and i was sitting there playing on my fitness pal all day being like what can i fit in like if i remove xyz things i can fit in for some more snacks um and then i remember this one night so vividly oh my gosh i was home alone which was like which was anxiety inducing because when you're home alone with food you know something's going to happen right especially when you're in like a really unstable place Um, So I was like, I'm going to make myself a dessert, like, just you know, I'm going to plate it all out, portion control, had it all perfectly mapped out in my head, Um, had one of those like post-show cookies, melted it, I froze all the other ones as well, and then after I had that one cookie, I ended up having all the rest of the other four cookies. I had frozen a packet of crumpets as well, I ate through those crumpets, frozen, uh, and pretty much just like finished up my whole pantry, like messaged my coach crying, being like, I have no idea what's going on because I've just binged on everything in my kitchen um but it's crazy like it's just such an out-of-body experience and it really does feel like you just feel so like hopeless in the moment because you're like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i literally can't control myself right it's horrid it's horrible it's
0: not a good place to be but it's looking back as well you can tell stories Mm. and you can relate. so like you're in that place now where your clients won't make that mistake because you've made it and you've learned the red flags so and now actually you can go. Right, that's a red flag that's really that system this should not be happening so it's good to have that and kind of like another story for you I remember going out nights out I think it was during that month I gained that 10 kilogram so in Birmingham when I was in university it's one of my friends um, friends birthdays I remember at the night out yeah. they got food afterwards so I had a little bit of food everyone went to sleep and then there was a big snack of it <laughs> it was full to the brim yeah and overnight i was just like going back and forth going back and forth i was like i'd go out. And i was like, oh, I'm just gonna have a few take it back to bed with me so like, another one will hurt <laughs> back and forth and i'm like hey, in the morning i had to leave my like, 30 quid down i'm so sorry <laughs> so oh, i just no, literally finished all yeah. snacks it was like biscuits i think it was like easily like six thousand calories in like an hour or something or two. Mm, yeah, crazy. that's crazy but that's what happens Rob. when you go from extreme it's like kind of your body works against you because it's in a place where it's hunger signals are kind of whack. you don't know when you're hungry or full and there's a lot of like emotional way of eating because you're trying to like obviously fill in the void so it's mostly looking at that so like when we diet people down that's obviously like a red flag to look after and we're like we're in a place where we're looking at right that shouldn't be happening because we've been through that it's like a place to be we can obviously make sure we offset it from the get-go so definitely that question for you um do you switch off
1: from work
0: day-to-day work training um do you get much time off
1: no i find it very hard to uh i find it very hard to switch off i don't think i've switched off for like three years i literally like during the last time yeah, i switched yeah. off completely do
0: you feel huh? guilty for that do you feel guilty for it <laughs>
1: no i would say it's the opposite i would feel guilty if i do switch off it's something i'm trying to learn to do better um, um so i do take myself out for maybe like half days off now but even then it's like my mind doesn't stop working so i could be away from my phone or away from something but i'm still like okay so what i need to now do in xyz days like how can i plan my week out um no yeah. i find it very hard
0: <laughs> yeah percent. it's like uh, staying present is quite hard isn't it as a girl it's like because you're always like what's next what's what's happening soon what's happening today am i training today what am i eating kind of like that as well what do you think you need to do to switch off more than because you mentioned you're taking like half days off and Mm.
1: you know what i think it's like you need a bigger sort of purpose or why to your life that's outside of business because it's very easy to be just carried away with this is all i care about my life and that's all i have my life and i made this realization like i told you like a few days ago as well and i I figured this out a while back. I was like, I actually don't have much of my life outside my business because this is all I've cared about all I've thought about. Right. Um, But I think it's a lot easier for you to switch off or to give yourself time to do other things um, when you actually know, okay, actually, this is what I value in my life. This is what I need in my life. Yes. Business is going to be a big part of it, but there are all these other things that I know actually bring me so much happiness. So I need to pour time into that. Um, And I think, you know, for, for, the last few years, I haven't thought about what actually brings me like happiness and joy and fulfillment. That's not my business. Um, so that's why I don't switch off. Right. Because it's like, well, there's nothing else to think about. So I might as well just think about my business.
0: What's happiness? How would you define it?
1: What's happiness? I think that's the hardest question possible to ask someone <laughs> what's happiness. Uh, you know, I don't think if happiness exists, like I don't mm. think if quote unquote, what people think happiness is actually exists. I think it's more like fulfillment. I think that's what I want in life, not happiness. Cause I think happiness is very fleeting. Um, Fulfillment is actually what brings, I think a lot more value into your life and it brings purpose. Right. Um, So I think if I was to envision saying like my best life, it's a family in the future, two kids, like a nice home with a nice backyard and you just kind of, I don't know, for me, it's like, I think that's, Happiness and fulfillment, seeing that I've created a life and a future for a family, and yeah, maybe like then being able to say, okay, I've got this family life, and then my business life where I've impacted these people, these women. I can see the impact I made beyond myself. Um, but I don't know. I think happiness. I think happiness is a bit of a myth. I think it's more fulfillment that we want to be striving for.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Because I remember, I don't know who said this to me, but like you can be happy now, and then ten minutes later, you're not happy because something happens. So it's like it's like a temporary feeling. Exactly. So when people chase happy, it's like mm. you have if you finish a really good meal, you're quite happy and concerned. If you get promotion, if you get a short term hit, you're quite happy. Mm. So like actually that's not something you want to yeah. be expected to sustain, but obviously joy is a different feeling. I always think I think I was speaking to Karen about this a while back, but mine's most abundance. You mm. know, when you've got mm, yeah. you can kind of do what you want when you want with who you want. Not necessarily in a rebellious sense, but you're in that place where it's actually You've got like a vision where you're like, I feel abundant and I feel like you're in control, right? Because it's like, you can tell how, I think your happiness is more dictated by where you perceive your locus of control. So if your control is elsewhere, such as thinking someone else is in charge of your life, then you're probably going to feel like yeah. it's kind of like a disconnect. But when you're like, actually, I've got full responsibility and there's abundance, you're in a good place. So I've always kind of seen the it words, I'm not really chasing happiness because... I'm not really that fussed because I know there's people that chase happiness and I've spoken to them, and I'm like you've still got to struggle but I'd rather have you worries that there's abundance in that sense and I know for me to have that abundance lifestyle and the mindset you can say that's kind of a vision Um, that answer may change but that's kind of where I'm thinking right now.
1: What does your happy well abundant life look like?
0: <laughs> oh, um, I think having a surplus where I can help others like family members. So like we last October, uh my we like we lost a lot. Like, my mom, she takes care of my grandma and when she was taking care of my grandma, she was uh, like a full time care of her and she didn't work. And then she was like, right, when my grandma passed away, what happened is her salary got caught to zero. So she's like, shit, I need to get a job. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've kind of worked pretty much my whole life and I was like, right, actually, sleep with that, I'll take care of her. And to be able to do that, to be able to like be that like, actually you can take your mom out for a job and love it where she can kinda of like yeah. do what she wants when she wants is quite like a powerful thing. And I feel like for me my needs are met and it's like this is where you can help others meet their needs. So like coaching is like a big thing for me, or being able to help people, like family or friends, et cetera. Being able to travel is probably a big thing. So like if I would to say I want to go to Dubai tomorrow or if we're like a community of guys and girls in Dubai and might want to do an event next week, being able to do that, there's no like There's nothing stopping you You from doing what you want when you want. That's kind of the thing. Um, I'd say that's probably like an abundance thing where it's actually, you know, you kind of got what cards you're going to play today in a sense.
1: Mm, Yeah. I think um, a lot of people get wrapped up as well into like, oh, if I earn more money, it's going to make me happier. And I think we probably have both (laughs) been in that (laughs) trap.
0: It's a money Right.
1: And you still get looped. Yeah. And then you get sucked back into that and, it's like actually it's the impact that you make that actually brings a lot of happiness right like what you can do for others like for example Mm -hmm. your mom or your parents or your clients or people you've never met like what you can actually do for them because of the position that you're in right now i think that's what brings a lot of like happiness and fulfillment obviously that feeling of abundance right because you could do so much for others and you know that you can because you're in a really capable position um it's not really the money i guess like money does help like to a point
0: yeah, yeah, you kind of need to start, but then you get to a place where it's what's I think, now once you get past is 75k a year, it makes no difference mm-hmm. to like your level of happiness. And I think it's like it's kind mm-hmm. of increasing returns and yeah. it's like decreasing returns. And it's quite funny because I speak to a lot of people where they actually seem very, very successful, but one, they don't feel like they are, but two, actually, they've kind of experienced a higher level of what wealth would we give them. And everything extra is so like actually, even though they're striving for more, which is powerful because you always should. You're in that place where actually you kind of need a bigger vision, in a sense. Um mm. I think it's quite yeah, interesting yeah. because I know there's the whole concept of that money mindset, how it's people always think that money solves all the problems, or have a here, also, well, mm. the silver bullet is it will solve all areas, but actually, there's probably a lot more to it. Even though we will solve a lot of problems, and it gives you like a little bit of a net, where it's you're safe, you're kind of in a safe environment, that nothing can go wrong because you can back yourself. Then there's also more to it, to be fair. Mm. Yeah
1: that's true yeah if you could um for those listening to this podcast if you could leave them with like one advice a piece of advice that maybe you wish you knew five years ago that mm. could be either fitness or you know business mindset whatever it is um what would you want them to take
0: away um i'd say i think i said it to you earlier and it's like keep your circle as big as you can i know there's a whole tribe where it's like keep your circle small but i think keep it massive because. You asked me earlier, bro, that uh, what got you breaking the path of, you know, the body kind of side of things, but also I can relate that towards yeah. business and goals and aspirations. When you're around people that lift you and you're, you kind of know a lot of people, your life can, you, you get introduced to a little bit, lot more things than you normally would. So I reckon for anyone now listening, it's kind of like in a place where it's either these networking events, whether you're a coach listening to this, get around as many people as you can mm-hmm. as opposed to being like a long move, because that seems like a nice thing to do. I'd say just make keep it massive. Obviously, you want to be selective and have the right people there, but don't be tight and confined to what you know. I kind like, of throw like a wrench into your operating system and start doing different things. That'd be the biggest thing. Mm. Mm. But, I
1: agree and disagree.
0: <laughs> okay, go on.
1: In terms of keeping your circle big, I think, I think keep your network big, but then keep your circle oh, yeah. small. Yeah, that's I, what I, I right. Right. That's
0: pretty much what I'm about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think there's a difference between your network and your contacts. Mm, yeah. Like contacts is people that you can, sorry, your friends and your contacts or whatever the saying is. And it's like people you can call in the middle of the night. speed, So it mm. can different to your network. So I think I completely agree with that. You probably say it better than that, to be fair. And for you, because yeah. the podcast is called The Method, what's your method for success?
1: My method for success. Take more risks have more failures because you get nowhere by staying in your comfort zone. And I really do think like so many people, they have so much potential, but they limit their own potentials because they're not willing to take risks. They're not willing to bet on themselves. They're not willing to fail. Um, The more you fail, the more likely you're going to actually succeed, right? Because there's only so many times that you can fail until you do something that's correct. And that actually leads you to success. So um, I think just stop holding yourself back the method to success is literally just jump, <laughs> like just jump because what's the worst that could happen? Fail forward. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 100%. yeah. It's like kind of doing different things and obviously failing forward because if it goes wrong, you've still made a step forward. And yeah, could be yeah, that. exactly. And for anyone listening to my podcast, where can they find you and connect with you?
1: Um, yeah. So that's on Instagram. That's CZ.fit um youtube is just my full name Chenyang yang jiao c-h-e-n-y-a-n-g-z-h-a-o um and for those on my podcast at the moment the Aspired podcast where can they find you
0: so it's at ir.taz on all platforms instagram social media tiktok pretty much everywhere so thank you very much for you want to yeah. spell that out <laughs> yes i do actually Ir.taza, so it's a full stop so ir.taza and uh, that's on Instagram, LinkedIn. I think TikTok is of one and YouTube is just my full name.
1: Amazing. Cool. Well, it was lovely speaking with you. And for those tuning in, I hope that you guys took a lot away from this. Um, and feel free to screenshot this, tag us over on Instagram. We'd love to see you tuning in. And, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next episode.
0: See you all soon. Thank you very much for being on board, and uh, thank you very much for having me. Here's to the next time. Part two in common.
1: Yes. <laughs>